Father, thank you for this morning. We thank you for the time that we have. And Lord, that your intentions toward your people today is great. What you desire to do here, what you have brought this morning is great and is timeless. Thank you, Father. This morning we're moving into our sixth message about being mystically wired. Uh, Last week I shared with you a little bit that we went from can you hear me now to you can hear me now. Uh, God is declaring you can hear me. I wired you to hear me. I wired you so that we could connect. And through Jesus Christ that wiring is activated. And, and, and things can flow back and forth between us. Although it might be foreign to us, it might be unusual, we might be really still wired to a lot of things that are not feeding life or good things. The truth is, we're still wired for life now. We're still connected with Christ. And in that, you can hear me now, here's what happens. We uh, are joining in the book of Revelation. Now, often when we think of the book of Revelation, people immediately think of end times. And people either love that book or they really don't like that book. Uh, and, and it might change with the day or the season. But, but the, the truth is that takes that word and it messes it up some. Because the understanding of the book of Revelation is really about an unveiling or a, re, or a revealing And it really speaks of the nature of God, that God is a revealing God. He reveals himself. All right? He reveals himself to his people. And the idea of a life in Christ is a revealed life. He's a revealed God. He's revealing the way we can connect with him, participate with him, be restored with him. You see, that revelation becomes everything we're about. That revelation of connecting with the one true God, the the creator, the one that has the power to satisfy your soul. And he brings that to you by revealing. He reveals our shortcomings. He reveals our weaknesses. He reveals our strength, our purpose, our destiny, our hope. He's a revealing God. And we join in that book. We become the extension of his revelation. That revelation is going on in here, and it's going on out this way. And so uh, we really uh, talked over a number of weeks the idea that so often we connect the, the Bible with rules, and we connect it with programs even, and we connect it with uh, right and wrong, and so uh, and and knowledge, and these are all good and important things. But a revealed life is much more active, much more powerful and alive than a set of rules. I have a book in there. It's called um, <laughs> "It's a Great Book." Oh, Relativity for Dummies. It, and, and I actually have studied relativity quite a bit. And I can tell you, uh, this book will make you feel like a dummy. I mean, it is these <laughs> enormous equations. 
and I, I look at it and I go, this is not revealed. It's a, and, and they're all right. They're, 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 they're formulas that are accurate and real, but they're not alive for me. I cannot participate in that revelation. So it's not revelation for me. And you see, rules without the revealing just become a burden to you. I can tell you the things that you should and should not do. You probably know most of them, whether you agree with them or not. But there's no life in that alone. And so Jesus came and he began to talk very differently. Instead of keep the rules, I care about how you feel. I care about how you feel about your enemy. I care about how you feel about the poor, the disenfranchised. I care about how you feel about yourself. Really, this is novel. And that's all a part of the revealing God. How we think, how we listen, how we think, how we participate with society around us from the inside. How we understand things, how we respond to things. All those things became the issues that he was addressing in the Sermon on the Mount. And then last week I left you with some questions. The first one was, oh, and I, I said the new landscape of hearing was the idea that thoughts, ideals, values, desires, convictions, emotions, all these things become the landscape of talking, listening, and communing with God. And so often in the church, because these can be hijacked by anything and everything that you're willing to participate with, the church steers you away from your thoughts and your feelings. But God steers you into them and says, I want to be in these things because that's where you live your life. You live your entire life right there. I want to be where you live. I want to reveal in the places that you actually live out your life. Try to live your life without going there. Try to do it. You will be left with some rules and some knowledge, and you will fail. So I left you with these questions last week. Uh, the first one, if you are not experiencing God in your feelings, your thoughts, your desires, your understandings, if you're not experiencing God in some way in that, if you're not feeling the push or the sway or the inner participation of God, then you are missing his voice because his voice sounds like a stir, a push, an understanding, an aha that wince. Have you ever said something ugly to somebody and you felt this? Ugh. And then immediately you either went, well, they deserved it. They had that coming. You see, we took that, that, that voice of God and we quieted that voice with a justification instead of letting that voice speak life and go, oh, that wasn't good. I, I have to fix that. The next question, are your God receptors ill-trained? Because part of it is training your receptors. When you get that, uh, to know it's God. To know it's God, it's not just like a guilt pang. What if it's God? Listen to those unctions 
those inner pressures. Give God a place to say, that was me. Are we asking the question that moment, God, was that you? Was that you that made me go, uh? Was that you that made me see that homeless person on the side of the road? Was that you? You're missing God opportunities. If you're not, if your receptors are not trained, you're just missing them. It's not that they're not there. It's not that God isn't speaking to you. You are missing it because you still got to train the you, the feelings, the understandings, the thoughts, the concepts, the ideals, the desires. All those have to be oriented toward God. You see, that's why it becomes important that your desires are managed by the word of God, that your understandings are, are managed and, and, and focused through the, the, the lens of the word of God. Why? Because it turns your receptors toward him. These are powerful questions. And if, if you are a person that believes that God is a revealing God, you have to care about these questions because they are about a God that desires to reveal real stuff to real humans. You can memorize scripture all you want, but until God is revealing in that scripture and releasing that scripture in you with something more than just a memorization, it'll just be something that really belongs to someone else. So last week in that, I said, if we just go with the rules of the scripture, if we just go to church and do the right thing, if we go to church and try to to live according to the plan of God and try to do right by his rules, right by his people, here's where you land. Next slide. Obedience, loyalty, obligation. They're all great tools. They're great tools, but they're not relationship. And they won't get you the distance. I give them second names. Obedience is great for training you, great for training me. In that moment, I do the right thing because I I know it's the right thing to do. I hold course because I know it'll get me to the next step, but it won't get me home. It's not designed to. It's God speaking in me is what takes me the distance. Loyalty, I call it safety chains. In the, in the pinch, you know, I was driving a bus. I was pulling a trailer. Somebody didn't lock the, the trailer hitch down on the, on the ball, and it came off on the freeway. And the chains held it. Now, it doesn't mean I want to go the rest of the way Dragging it with chains. I could have. People would look and go, what's wrong with him? Why not? The trailer's following the bus. It's all good, right? No, it's not right. There's sparks everywhere. We're grinding things up. It's not the right design. But it, it held me in the moment, didn't it? Loyalty is a wonderful and a powerful thing of God, but it is not walking with God 
in relationship that starts here. So these three things, if you are walking out a Christian faith, any kind of faith in these three things, you will be bankrupt. You will become resentful of God because you're going to say it doesn't work. You're going to become resentful of the church and you're going to keep score. Because if you try to live a relationship with this, if I try to live my marriage in obedience, loyalty, and obligation, those are great things in the moment to keep me right. But who wants to go up and go, yo, honey, I'll be obedient to my promise, I'll be loyal to you, and I'm obligated. Wow. I'm beside myself. That's the most romantic thing anybody ever said to me. See, this is what we're saying to God sometimes. You know, I don't know about that relationship thing, God. I, I'm not, I, I, it seems a little gray to me. I, I, what is this inner thing, all that stuff, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Here I am, and I'll, and I'll tell you, it's a great place to start, but you will not finish your race with it. It won't get you home. <clears throat> you have to desire something besides loyalty, obedience. We have to find a way to desire God. I desire to do your will, my God. I'm obligated to do your will, my God. I will be loyal to do your will, my God. I desire to do your will, my God. Melinda will say, will you go get this? For, or no, do you want to go get this for me? Or, and I'll say, no, I don't. I don't, I don't want to go downstairs and get in the car and get that. I don't want to walk through the mosquito-infested parking lot. But I want to do that for you. I'll do that for you. It is my joy to do that for you. And it is my joy to do it for her. It is absolutely my joy. Do I want to do it? No. No, I don't. Nope. And I try to be honest with her. I, I try to tell the truth. Do you want to go get this for me? No. Why would I want to do that? But do I want to do it for you? Yes. Yes, I do. All right. Desire is important. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. We have, we have to go there. Loyalty and obedience, obligation are great, but they're not a desire for God. And they will not satisfy you. And I'll tell you something else. They will not satisfy God. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in him. Now, if you are a person that is understanding he is a revealing God, what is he saying to you right here? You see, revelation is about understanding what God is saying 
to you. And he has designed you mystically to be able to interpret, understand, and translate the will of the Father in you. You can do this. Not because you're smart, not because you can read, not because of any of that, but because God says, I will help you do that. I will help you do that. Relationship cannot exist in obligation, loyalty, and obedience. Can't, can't do that. At some point, relationship speaks of desire, time, practice, quality, and connection. At some point, you're going to have to engage your feelings and your understanding and your will and your desires, your values. At some point, the real you where you live your life, is going to have to engage the real God in where he lives his life. Or you're going to be stuck being loyal. So opening God's wire, opening your wiring, God opening your wiring. <clears throat> I want to go over six things. I'm doing all right. How to hear God in the moment. Uh, I, I just want to say here that at some point, the experiences have to be here experiences. At some point, you have to be growing God experiences here. You can read all the testimonies you want. You can see people get healed, all that stuff. It'll make you envious, it'll make you jealous, it'll make you suspicious, it'll make you skeptical, it'll make you a lot of things, but it won't get you there. You need your own experiences, not mine. You need yours. God is offering you, he's a revealing God, he is offering himself to you. But it won't be on some stupid level where you memorize something or you call something this way or that way or you do some exercise. Nothing wrong with those things. It just doesn't replace you listening to God and, and letting that voice grow and be trained in you. How to hear God in the moment? Because in the moment is what it's all about. If you have the scripture in you, then you have the ability to bring that scripture in the moment. The Holy Spirit can reveal that scripture in a whole new way in the moment. In the moment is where you live. You live in the moment. And if the Spirit of God, if your relationship with him, if his voice can't activate you in the moment, if it can't turn your ship in the moment, then you are not living that moment with God. And if you're not living the moment with God, you're not living with God. Because all you have is the moment. We surrender the moment so often and leave God relegated to some idea or some concept, something he has no interest in being. So the first one, and these are, there's going to be six things, six ways 
practical ways to begin to train hearing God in the moment. Be open to and invite his presence in your dreams and visions. You might say, I've never had a vision. Get one. Ask God, hey, God, I've never had a vision. I'd like a vision, please. And I'd like you to supersize it. When you wake up, if you had a weird dream, you might want to write that down. And then ask somebody in your church who maybe knows something about that. That usually is not me. I'm not very good at that. But there are others. Become a person that respects the vehicle of visions and dreams. That is you. You are wired to hear from God. Embrace it. Embrace who you have been wired to be. Number two, listen to your inside voice. He will put his thoughts there so it'll sound like you. It might sound, for me, it might sound like this. Uh, You need to do that. But it'll sound like my voice. I'll be fooled sometime. It's almost arrogant, isn't it? I mean, that I came up with a really cool thing to do. Good question. Listen to the thoughts and voice. I'm going to answer that more directly in a moment. But let me say, when we get thoughts that hit me, especially if they're kind of outside of the way I think, I'm suspicious it's God. I'm highly suspicious it's God. Does it fit his character? Does it fit the way he would think and do? As I know him from the scripture, if, he, if I get this voice that says, you know, I see somebody maybe cut in line, you should just go slap him. That's, now I can, I can test that. I can say, all right, if Jesus were here, would he just walk over there? I'm just going to slap him. We never saw that. We never heard that language or that thinking. And if you went over to Jesus and said, you're all powerful, you need to go slap him. Would he really say, I'm on it. I'm on it. Shout, point him out to me. Or would he say, you want me to what? Why don't you do this? Why don't you, instead of just giving up one spot, why don't you get in line and give up that spot to somebody else? Why don't you do that about 10 times in a row? And then come talk to me. Let's talk about how it felt the first time and the second time and the third time. And maybe the 10th time, you actually didn't want to slap someone. Except maybe you wanted to slap me. Does it fit his character? Will it glorify Jesus? Will it glorify him? Am I able to say to somebody else, you know, Jesus was a part of this exchange. If they say, you know what, and that's why I hate Christians and Jesus, probably wasn't a Jesus thing. Is, does Jesus ever rebuke? Yeah, he does. Is that your job? Probably not. It's probably not your gig. If somebody needs a good tongue lashing, it's probably not yours. You know, on uh, a couple of nights ago, 
You know, I can't stress going with that gut impression enough. You test it with God, you need to go with it. If it looks like God, it sounds like God, it smells like God, I'd do it. And if I'm wrong, let me be wrong in the name of Jesus. He says, no, you were just loving them on your own. I had nothing to do with that. All right, I'll, I'll take that crime. We were over at uh, Giovanni's getting something to eat. Actually, we were waiting for a table. And uh, uh, Melinda had gone and sat down because her legs are kind of tired. And, and so I was standing there in the bar area waiting. There were no seats. And this couple walks in. And uh, they're kind of standing next to me. I see they were kind of eyeballing the, the chairs of the bar, which were all taken up. And, and I, my attention was drawn a little bit more to him. And I'm looking at him, and I'm, I just get this sense in my gut. Pay for their meal. Now, in that moment, I had another thought. So here's the first one. Pay for these people's meal. The second thought was, is that weird that you're noticing the guy more than the girl? That, God is my witness. That was my thought. And I thought, well, I don't know. Here's what happened. Now, the first thought, could that be God? What do you think? Yeah, it could be. The second thought. The second thought was, why are you noticing the guy more than the girl? You see, the second thought distracted me from the first thought. And I forgot about it. Melinda and I were in the back uh, snacking and getting something to drink. And, and this couple finishes before we do. And they walk out the back door and they're about to turn, go to the parking lot. And he corrects it and he comes toward us. And all this stuff starts flooding into me like... Uh-oh, what's going on? And I'm thinking, you blew it. I'm thinking all kinds of things. Lots of thoughts going on, you know. And this guy walks up. And he says, I couldn't leave without saying hello to you, Melinda. It's a guy that works with her. You see, and, and it's a guy she's actually, I, I have no idea about this guy, but she had talked about his work and how good it was. I feel like I blew it. I blew my opportunity. I, I, I did. I mean, I, right there at the table, I just started repenting. And you know, it's really about my loss, you know? I mean, I, that's probably fleshly right there, but I was, I was more bummed about my loss than his. Now, is that the Lord? <laughs> we're we're going to have a bit of discernment, and we'll collectively decide that could be the Lord. <clears throat> I have no idea where I am. <clears throat> Listen to Les's thoughts. No, I'm kidding. 
Listen to the thoughts and test them against what you know about God. If you're not sure, get help. It's what we do. It's how we are raised up. Get help. Listen to that voice. And I I really encourage you, this week, give that voice some space as you see people and if something happens, let God be able to say, that's me, it just sounds like you. The next one. Consider and pray about words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discerning spirits. Now, I'm just gonna, we have often, people will have a word here. A word is simply like a word of knowledge is there's somebody here or there are people here who are struggling with whatever today. That would be a word of knowledge. Now, first, you're going to have to hear that. And if you are a person who believes in a revealing God, that God is revealing himself, then you would and should be quick to say, God, is that for me? God, what's my part? What's my role? I want in. Instead of dismissing it because you can, or I don't want to, maybe I, maybe I am distant from God, or maybe I am angry, but I don't want to get into all that this morning. It's God. It's God revealing himself. It's God saying, everybody here with a flat tire, I'm here to fix your tire for free. Well, I got a flat, but I don't want to mess with that. You don't want to mess with what? It's God. Take the risk. When there is a word, immediately start praying. Is it for me? If it's clearly not for you, look around you. Find somebody it's for. Excuse me, is it it for you? Yes, no. What about you? I'm looking for someone. Because I want to be a part of God's revelation. It's joining the book of Revelation. The church is weak when it's not revealing. The church is weak when it shows up with a book of rules and no life. The church is weak when it hasn't talked to God in days, weeks, months, or years and has no idea what God is doing. The church is not effective. It's not capable. It's inept. It's only when they're listening to God and they're taking that risk that that ineptness becomes sharpened into life which blesses people. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Also, I want to say on discerning spirits. You know, we can get a weird feeling, even going into a store, a restaurant. It feels dark. It feels oppressive. Pay attention. When you're around a person like that, it doesn't mean they're demonized and they're evil and you need to get away from them and protect your kids. It means God is revealing something to you. Pay attention. Do you think God is really like this? I'm just going to give you this a spirit of discernment so you'll just feel real gross around gross people. It's just your plight in life. Feel gross around gross people. 
No, there's no real purpose for it. It's just so you can feel gross around gross people. Well, thank you, Jesus. I'd just rather be oblivious to gross people, especially if I'm gross. But what if God gives you such a gift not to judge people, not to condemn people, not to be able to look at somebody and tell somebody, well, they're really dark. The Lord has revealed to me their darkness. What are you talking about? If God has shown you something, if he's a revealing God, it's for a purpose. It's to communicate love and compassion to someone who struggles in darkness. What is wrong with you? Don't be afraid to discern. It was a long time before I figured out there were restaurants. I, didn't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I couldn't even tell somebody why. And then I was talking to this girl. We were going to go to lunch, and I mentioned this place. She said, I want to go there. I said, why? She said, because it's dark. I said, what do you mean it's dark? It's just spiritually dark. I thought about that. She's right. It is dark. So the question is, should we not go or should we go? It's a God question. It moves into the revelation. Your job, my job. If you're not getting from God, you're not in the revealing business, and that means you're not walking with God. Go ahead. Take seriously every opportunity to gain from preaching, teaching, and witnessing. Now, I get up here on Sunday morning, and I rattle off for 30 or 40 minutes. And you can respond to that any way you choose. It's yours to do. But we could put a six-year-old kid up here. And God can use a six-year-old kid to reveal himself to you and I. We can take somebody who stutters or says and uh, a lot of times or doesn't do any of the things right that you're supposed to do in preaching. But if you are looking for revelation from a God who desires to reveal himself, you will connect with him. So if I do a sermon and you don't get it, it was you. It wasn't me. It was you. I'm not, I'm not dissing you. I'm saying understand where the growth can happen. It doesn't mean I did a great sermon every time. It might have been a terrible sermon. Does that say God can't use a terrible sermon? God uses terrible sermons all the time. If he didn't use terrible sermons, he wouldn't have a lot to work with. God can use a really bad sermon. So buckle in and say, God, reveal yourself. I know there's something in it for me because you desire to reveal yourself. And I'm here for revelation. That's what I'm here for. Resist shallow understanding of your own circumstances. You know, you have a sucky day. Everything's going wrong. Everybody messes you over. 
And at the end of the day, you can regurgitate to someone, you know, just the pathetic day you had and just write it off as another day in unparadise. But that's a really shallow approach to your life. Was God in your day? Was he there or did he just set things in play and watch you squirm? Take seriously your day. Do not think shallow thoughts on your circumstances. Victories are failures. Consider your day with God. Consider it. And let him reveal in the circumstances of your day. He will reveal to you. And you will gain from the worst day of your life. You will gain life. Next. Read the scripture for life. Invite his presence Bring the word, invite his presence to bring the word alive to you. Ask him to make the word alive to you. Um, he can make the word alive to you. You will need the word and you will need people to go with you. I have to go. Now, don't let the change mess with you. God is revealing. That has nothing to do with me. Nothing at all. Have a good flight. For those of you that don't know, uh, he is actually going to a conference, I believe, this week, a uh, missions conference in Colorado. So he, he has to catch a flight or he's going to miss it. And uh, this was not planned. So at all. It wasn't Bill was going to be speaking and then call me up here and let me finish the sermon. So... Uh, I'm sure God has something for us. Um, and not to get off of, of where, we, where we're going, but um, why, don't you, why don't you guys stand real quick? Let's just stand up. Because what I, what I really want um, us to get, and I was thinking as Bill was speaking, I actually was looking on my phone. There's this great clip um, that came to mind because I think that so often in the church, uh, you know, Bill spoke last week and again today about um, loyalty and obedience and obligation. Uh, anybody remember the movie uh, Jungle to Jungle? Had Tim? Um, yeah, okay. What's uh, Tim the Tool Man? What's his name? Uh, Tim? Tim Allen. Tim Allen. And he, he finds out he has this boy that he never knew that was raised in the Amazon. Remember that? Anybody remember that show? He never saw it. Less to say he's never seen it. Well, he, once he finds out this boy's a teenager by the time he finds out, so he goes to the Amazon 
and this boy wants to come back to uh, his dad's place, which is in New York City. And through their process of getting to know one another, there's a moment in the movie where he talks to his son about, he uses the word obligated. And his son asks him, what is, what is obligated? What, what does that mean? And he says, as well, when you do something that you really don't want to do, but, but you do it anyway. Well, in the just of the movie, it, as it goes in, in a little further, the boy gets in some trouble because he's not familiar with how things work in the city. And he gets called by the cops. His dad has to come down to take care of him. And he hears in the conversation when he's talking to the policeman that, that well, this is my son I didn't know I had, and, and you know, I'm obligated to come down and and see him, you know, take care of him and get him out of trouble. You know, I have to do it. He's my boy. Um, and his son hears that, and it, and it crushes him. It just, he takes off, he runs away. He doesn't want to be there because what he remembered before was his dad said that that meant when you do something you don't really want to do. And I thought, man, how many times, how many times in the church have we made it about that? about when we, we put people into positions just because we need something done, something filled, and not because God wants it done, but because as a church, this is what we bring people into. And I think, it, and Bill talked today, when he was talking last week, I thought, man, it's, it's about the relationship. And he got in today, it's about our relationship with God. And if we're not inviting people into that relationship where we find that true loyalty and obedience comes out of relationship with our Father and what we know to be true about Him, then we miss the mark as, as the church. And what we're doing is just putting together something that looks good, have a nice show on Sunday, go home, have, have lunch with your, your friends or family, and it's just what we do. But you spend your whole life doing that, you don't get anything out of this. Maybe some good community, maybe some good friends, but you miss out on what God has been doing your whole life. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it, um, you know, with my, uh, in my own family, my, my father, as you guys know, what, what we've been through the last few weeks, he spent most of his life not pursuing relationship with God, but just doing what, just making it, you know, day by day, year by year. Uh, great guy. Great guy. People loved him. And I set up in the, the funeral home, and, and I had all this stuff that, that was up front and uh, that they wanted to bring, like, things that would, people would know my dad by. There was a cowboy hat. There were boots. Huh? There was, there was a, a six-pack of Budweiser <laughs> down there. Uh, these were things that people knew my dad for. And uh, there were pictures of different folks, you know, from George Bush to George Strait, you know, uh, that my dad got to, to meet with. And he was often known in this area as the Bud Man because he had spent years with Budweiser. And I heard Bill, you know, speaking at the funeral. And he was, and when he met with our family before, this was what he was getting from my mom and his sisters and my cousins. And, and I was just listening the whole time, and I'm looking up at that table, and I'm thinking, you know, what, 
what people know about my dad was he worked for Budweiser and he was known as the Bud Man and he knew all these people and traveled and this is what they know about him. And I'm going to tell you what, my dad was there and I had got up there at the end and, and I spoke because I felt like my dad would want them to know that he could care less about his job. He could care less about being with Bud. He actually hated it. When he retired, he, he never answered a cell phone. He never went to any events. He spent his whole life going to event after event after event as a representative for the company he worked for. He didn't go to any sporting events. You couldn't get him to go out and do any of that anymore. He was completely through with that. What he really wanted to be, he wanted to be a better person. He sat back here in, in this back wall we, on, a, on a night of worship. And this was years ago. My dad had never been to this church. I may have shared this with you all before. If I have, I'm sorry. Um, but he sat on that back wall. And Roger Jasper was leading worship. And I was sitting over here. And they, my folks had never been to this church. Dad didn't go to a lot of churches. And he was weeping on the back wall as he was reading the words that were up here. And Roger was singing them. And I walked over to him. And I said, Dad, are you okay? And now my dad at this time was probably 67 years old. And he said, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen how, how do people sing those words about a God. He spent 67 years on this earth and he knew what church was. He grew up back in the 40s and the 50s. He went to church because that's what people did. And we've been so guilty of just keeping people in the status quo. And what, what this sermon series, I think, about the wiring of God is to really give you what really is true and what's going to sustain you in this life that God has called us to live for him, and it's a fullness of life that we can experience love and joy and happiness. It's not a downer to be a Christian. You need to know that. We talk a lot about suffering, and we talk a lot about the pain, and we talk a lot about death and loss of, of our lives to live for God, and we think, man, what a drag. Who would want to sign up for that? Come follow Jesus and your, the rest of your life is going to be completely ruined. It's going to suck until the day you die and stand in front of Jesus himself. Come with me. <laughs> Who wants that? But I'm going to tell you, you know how I'm, I'm guilty of giving that message. You know what I tell people when they ask me about this church probably a few years ago? This is a hard place to come. It's a hard church to come to. It's, you know, I, I wasn't finding joy and happiness and peace. Because I was under the, the umbrella of obligation. That I had to do what I had to do. I had no other choice. God called me to this place. And I couldn't leave. I was here. So I'm stuck. And I'm reading stuff like Paul is singing in prison and finding joy in persecution. And I think I can't even go to church and find joy and peace and happiness. I'm struggling with... Uh, you know, my personal life with my, my children and my family and being torn. And I just keep thinking, I missed the boat. We missed the boat. But you know why it was so hard to come here? Because you could come to this place and you would hear what I'm saying right now. People would tell you this. And you were like, you got to give everything to God. And there's, there's life in that. And I couldn't just come and, 
and do worship and eat lunch with some friends and hang out and watch the game and, and have a social event in my life where a lot of church, have a lot of programs that we were just having fun doing. That I was being challenged to be changed by the love of Christ, that God would change me to be more like him. And, it, and that was the word I would hear up here, and it wasn't like, oh, you know, we're just all doing this good, and God wants nothing but the best for you, and you're going to just have a great life. That wasn't the message that we were giving people. And I thought, man, if you come to our church, we're going to give you truth. But the, the reality was we were giving them truth, and for me, it just always seemed to be a downer because I always looked at, man, do I really, have I really got to give everything up? And then, you know, God's been working on me. You know, there's joy in the Lord. There's joy. We sing about it. You know, we read about it. When the word comes alive, what Bill was talking about. And I just want to encourage you right now. I, I, you know, the ministry call, I don't know what Bill had on his mind. But if God has revealed to you today something, when you heard either something I said or something Bill said, I want to invite you to come down because we're going to pray that, that God would uh, just move in those, those places. If you heard something that you think it was from God, it, this little thing that he was talking about inside, you know, if you, if you have that inkling or a feeling that, that God's doing something this morning, we're going to pray that God would move in that and reveal what that is. So I want to invite you to come up front because we're, we're just going to have a time of ministry. Uh, our ministry teams can come on up. Here. Oh, thank you, Melinda. I'll take it. <laughs> and if there's anybody um, that, if you want to get more in touch um, with those little movements, like the story Bill shared, um, where he had the word that really was from God, but he didn't quite have the courage to act on. If you want to be able to hear more, take risks more, um, maybe just come up here and we'll pray together for each other on that. All right, so we're just going to give it a, a moment and um, just see what God has for us. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then uh, I just want to encourage you. God is doing something. I, I'm going to tell you guys. I, I was the other thing I was thinking about was the word that I got this morning that I heard when when we were getting prayer. Um, you know, I thought, man, I could I could have stand up here and tell you guys that this particular couple they come every now and then. They've been coming for a while. But uh, hadn't been here a few weeks, and I could have played the odds and, and said that, you know, when he, when, uh, and I'll just say when Brad gave me the word this morning that, that, he, that God had put them on his heart, that Brad Edge had, had, had said that. And what I said during worship this morning was true, that God was moving. And I had talked to the, I had talked to the particular person uh, that the word during the break, and they didn't want to come this morning. They didn't want to be here. And I was just thinking, I said, well, you know, it could be coincidence that they showed up because, you know, that's that other voice that starts speaking, right? And then I thought, well, here's how my coincidence, here's how, this is how lucky I am when it comes to coincidences. I, I, uh, was, uh, I was remembering uh, I, I've hit, I, I hit a hole-in-one here years back playing golf. We were talking about golf earlier, and God reminded me, and I said, well, this is how lucky I am. So I had just bought brand new golf clubs, and I go to play, and I I hit a hole in one, 
with a brand new set of golf clubs. And it just so happens in this tournament, on this particular hole where you hit the hole in one, the prize was a brand new set of golf clubs. <laughs> I said, now, contrast that on the, the other par three where they were giving away a hole in one was a brand new truck. <laughs> That's my luck when it comes to those things. And so God said, you know, it wasn't a coincidence. I'm doing this. I'm moving. And so, um, man, God is, God is doing things, guys, this morning. So, um, Father, we just thank you. God, we thank you for the word that you've given um, to Bill. And, God, I just thank you for being reminded that, that we are mystically wired creatures, God, that we, we are different, God, because you made us different. God, you are changing us from uh, what the world has tried to make us. God, into what you are molding, God, and what you are doing, God, as, as people of your kingdom. God, so I just pray right now, God, that you are speaking to hearts and that people would respond to you this morning, that your spirit would fill this place with your presence. God, that you're bringing life and that you're bringing hope this morning. So, God, we, we, just, uh, we just wait on you, God, and, and we just invite uh, those of you that, that feel like God is moving this morning to come. We want to pray for you this morning. If you need anything, if you need hope, you need a job, you need a financial miracle in your life, God knows. He knows your circumstance. And so... I invite you to come up for prayer for that, just as, as we waited uh, for God to move. Um, so we thank you, Lord. God, and we just, um, we just give you the rest of our ministry time together. And You guys, be blessed to go. And uh, just, I encourage you, go to the podcast. Listen to this again. I think it was a great word. It's, it's, a, it's a word that uh, God is, is speaking to us. So be blessed. Have a great day. Amen.